peace and welcome to the Origins of Om podcast. I'm your host, Om Maya, and today I slid a little bonus in to cover all seven of the Hermetic Principles with a special guest, my loving friend and sister, Davina Davison. She is a jack of all trades and masters them all from playing basketball as a youth to teaching youth and adults about mobility, wellness, and business etiquette. It brings me great pleasure to have her on the show. So let's get into it. Hey, Davina. Hello. <laughs> this sounds great. Okay. <laughs> You're like, boom, that's it. Here it is. All right. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, let's start with the first principle. We're just going to recap everything that um, the show topic was on. Um, I love to just get a really different perspective, especially from you, because we've been on this journey together for a, quite a while now. And we've seen so many changes happen in front of our eyes. Uh, especially in the department of mindset and how words have become abstract. Nothing is really used uh, for the origin of things anymore. It's, it's all just hearsay or something someone took and made it their own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, starting with the principles of mentalism, right? That is the all is mind. And the universe is mental, right? And we know that off of how we've spent our lives manifesting things, um, you know, creating the vision of how we want to see our lives. I just want to go into that just a little bit, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think um, I I try not to call myself a manifester. (laughs) (laughs) Feel that. Because, I mean, spiritually, I'm like, um, it's a gift to be able to bring something to life. And Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily me that's doing the the manifesting. So I don't like to say that that I'm manifesting. Um, But I often see the things in my mind before um, they come to life. Like it's a vision that is given to me. And then I, I use the skill set and the tools that I have to make it actually happen, like to bring it to fruition. So it does start in the mind for sure. Yeah. And when the mind is clouded, that's when we're like blocked and don't actually have access to um, create. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's all that, that goes into when someone's trying to, come out of being blocked all the time and in their own fantasies and fears and traumas, um, not having room to listen to uh, the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and, and receive that information um, to be able to manifest itself in this form, in this body and create to this world, right? Mm-hmm. Or out into this world. Uh, that also goes into the uh, the correspondence of things, right? The law of correspondence is as above, so below. So as within, so without. Hmm. Um, 
it's funny because a lot of people, I find that a lot of people tend to live their life, you know, just kind of playing this character, whether they picked it up off of a television or they're, you know, thinking what would, you know, what would mommy, daddy, cousin, sister, brother do in these situations? And they built this character off of someone else. And so they don't really know who their true authentic self is. They haven't really spent time with that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to go into the law of correspondence a little bit as well. Yeah. I think that people <laughs> absolutely are influenced by outside forces, right? Mm-hmm. The, the people that they're in community with, um, the things that they see that they take in whether it's on tv social media whatever mm-hmm. and you know the the we used to call it the lie right <laughs> <laughs> right it's the lie you know and the right. story that you're telling yourself and it's really rampant nowadays because mm. i do think because of um the role that social media plays in so many people's lives it's like very rare that you even find someone who's not on social media And so we're all seeing through this, you know, lens, this, this filter. And it's like, what's real? (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead. You were done. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think that um, (laughs) as people are um, trying to identify with their authentic self, there's a little bit of, um, it's almost like looking in a dirty mirror because (laughs) they've been looking through this filter of social media or whatever all all day or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it's hard to actually see who, who they truly are um, versus that, that version of themselves that they see in the dirty mirror. I feel like I can relate to that so much because, you know, we met in the yoga community. So um, when I went through the teacher training, I think what really just woke me up and blew my mind was <laughs> that you, and I know you know what I'm about to go into <laughs> when Albina's like, you know, act like a, you know, a black person. And it was like, I went into, and I, I and I can be honest with you, I don't even know if she said that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know it has something to do with, you know, the ethnicity, mm-hmm. but I took it and I went into a character, right? And I was acting ghetto and talking like, you know, and, 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 and so when it went to the playback of it, I broke down because I was like, <laughs> and she was like, I didn't tell you to, to act like something. And I was like, what? Like it was, it was not knowing that you're distorted. Or you're mm-hmm. lost in translation. You just, you think you're on this path, right? You think you're you're doing something. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone comes and wakes you up. And you're like, whoa. Um, another, I think another moment in my life where it was like, whoa, you need to get present. Was um, when my beloved was teaching me about uh, what cognitive dissonance was. And we were studying etymology. So we were studying the root meanings of words. And so I would say things and he would, he would be like, you know, if I say, oh, well, they said, he'll say, well, who is they? <laughs> and so it, it was this, 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 this way of communicating where I wasn't speaking from a first person perspective or not even in the now time which is difficult for a lot of people to pick up and because they're so in the past and in the future I have to kind of be with everyone and communicate on their level but for me personally I saw where I was like 
girl, like, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? It's like, who are you talking about? And where is this coming from? Yeah. And you're not the only person who has had that experience in that, you know, yoga teacher training setting, because I've witnessed several people, um, even like do or say certain things. And Mm -hmm. then in that playback, watching yourself back, it's like, oh my God, I said that. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite part is when people are like, I didn't say that. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't do that. And then it's on recording. So it's like, okay, but then you have to deal with like embarrassment, shame, and then those feelings that kind of arise versus Mm -hmm. just saying like, dang, I really did do that. I was not even aware. And that takes Mm -hmm. another level of um, awareness, self-awareness to just be honest with whatever it is, whether you made a mistake or you um, you know, you did something that might was might have been a little silly or made you look a particular way. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got I got to the point where, um, and I and I talk about this. I talked about this in the in the previous podcast, but I remember just getting to a point where it was like, uh, don't be afraid to look bad, and because you know everyone's gonna have their own projections about you off of their own personal reality you know we can look at a beautiful art canvas and say oh this looks like uh you know a sunset with the ocean and and the and the sand reminds me of being in tranquility where someone's like oh this reminds me of the time somebody buried me in the sand I mean it could just be anybody's (laughs) you know what I'm saying like anyone's interpretation you just took something that was beautiful and made it wrong right Mm mm-hmm Or um, I think we were talking the other day about the the story of, you know, Jesus being protected by the disciples when they saw a dead body Uh, (laughs) and and they're like trying to cover, you know, cover his eyes. And he's looking at how beautiful the teeth look, you know, it's like you find beauty in this um, in this realm where everybody is is pointing at all the flaws and the chaos that's going down. Right. Mm hmm. Uh, which brings me to how you vibrate in this realm. You know, nothing rests, everything moves, everything vibrates. So how your energy is that day? Are you calm? Are you fiery? Are you intense? Is your mind uh, generating past thoughts which bring fear into your heart or into your body in general where you're tensed up, right? And I know you... Uh, teach a lot about the anatomy um, of the body. What are some of the things, you know, that, and I'm going into an interview moment question, but <laughs> what are some <laughs> of the things that that you can elaborate on when it comes to that, as far as how people tend to, because you get a lot of that connection with your clients and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Because it manifests. I mean, well, you know, for me, mm-hmm. I personally have that that tattoo evolve or die yes <laughs> I'm not nothing is the only thing that is the same is change mm. so I'm just all right rolling with it and I think what happens physically in the body when we don't you know in quotation like go with the flow and mm-hmm. we start to become rigid then the body um the cells the tissue um start to the fascia starts to 
send messages and signals. Um, even the amygdala gets involved and is like, hey, everything's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everything is not okay. Mm. And, and then, um, you know, the body starts to tense up and you have to tap into discernment. You know, mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. I'm feeling real? Is this, um, is, am I in danger? Is this, um, you know, how am I right now? Which is why I like to presence people. You yeah. Know, get them connected to the present moment. You know, how do you feel right now in this moment? And I know people get so annoyed with me <laughs> on that because I <laughs> right. say it so much, but I'm just like, no, you you get to presence yourself with every single breath. And for a long time, I attributed that to my understanding of what I thought yoga was. Um, but the reality is, is that, you know, no practice owns breath. Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I want to encourage people regardless of you know any of their the other practices that they do but i want to encourage them to tap into their breath because Mm -hmm. that is what is going to trigger the body the nervous system to soften and relax it's the body starts to literally calm down now certain types of breath are going to amp you up so Mm -hmm. it's not just like take a you know take a breath right you know it's Mm -hmm. like you know if you're experiencing like severe anxiety, the, the pec muscles, the chest is going to get really tight, right? The, or yep. tight, the muscles are going to pull. And so, you know, trying to take a deep breath might be impossible. You're like, hmm. uh, absolutely not. I can't even, I can't even take a breath right now. So yeah. the work is to slowly work your, become aware of your breath, mm-hmm. right? How does the breath feel? And then, uh, shift, con- you know, consciously shift the quality of your breath and notice how that um, vibrates through your entire body and mm-hmm. allows you to settle. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the toughest things through this journey, I feel was being present in, in, in my body, right. And being present in, in breath, because like you said, it's quick to especially in the chest specifically, this is where people have a lot of upper respiratory issues, Mm-hmm. And the lack of being able to breathe through the diaphragm all the way up into the lungs, right? Um, a lot of people, they find that difficult because they're so used to breathing from the chest. But if something is happening to you, mm-hmm. you go into panic mode and that's all you use for survival, you know, for the survival moment, then you're going into what they diagnose as anxiety, uh, mm-hmm. or you're having a panic, you know, this panic attack. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's really the illusion that's being created from your thought process at that time, because you, whatever happened to you, you've connected it to this moment. And mm-hmm. it's so wild how easy it is because, you know, to go back into the past, uh, and, and freak out about something and think, oh, this is going to happen to me right here again. And it's not. And I can relate to that because I I went through uh, a moment where uh, I got arrested and that was like my first time ever being arrested in another state. And it made me, uh, I was really at peace, to be honest with you. I think they were really surprised, like, wow, you're like really calm, you know? And I'm in there, you know, teaching you know, spirit to the women in, in, in the prison, you know, like (laughs) no lie. Like it was so chill. I was, I knew I was protected and knew I was covered and no one touched me, you know, no one said anything to me. 
um, I, I know it was all for the wrong reasons that, you know, I was in that experience, but I needed that experience to be able to come into who I am today, mm-hmm. Davina, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Much more strong. Like I remember being afraid of ever thinking of getting arrested. It was like, Ooh, I don't ever want to experience that. I don't even want to know what that looks like, <laughs> but going through it, it was like, it was like going through the fire. It was like walking through the fire and saying, oh man, okay, I see, I see what others go through. I see how others suffer, right? Mm-hmm. And, and how it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to, and you don't have to create a story behind it. But I didn't even realize for six months that I was nervous mm-hmm. of like being, getting caught up again in that experience. Yep. And it was so, (laughs) oh, and it was so subtle that I remember my beloved had to wake me up. When I say wake me up, it's one of those moments where someone's like, look, man, you're tripping. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, you know, every time I would see a sheriff's vehicle, my heart starts beating real fast. And it's crazy because, you know, I never, I never label myself in those categories of having an, uh, any medical terminology. I'm always looking at it from the perspective of my thoughts, right? What I'm telling myself at the time, what I'm visualizing, what I'm seeing, and how I'm connecting that to the present moment. Like, what am I connecting that to? Or you're connecting that to when you got arrested and you're thinking that you're going to have that experience again. So at that very moment, what I do is when I go through a moment of, of being afraid of something that I don't, that I'm not aware of, or I don't know anything about, I'm going to go and I'm going to stalk it. I'm going to go look at it for a while. I'm going to stare at it. I'm going to get into the idea of this is not real. This is made up. These people do not have power over you. This is just a story. And you went through that and you know why you went through that. And the only way to go through that, right, to, in order for you to relate to others and be able to help guide them out of those situations. And why not you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like a constant dialogue with yourself because you're detaching from all of what everyone else was telling you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just did a talk yesterday with someone and it was so funny because she was like, you know, Holy Spirit, tells me what topics to cover with each person. Mm-hmm. And when she, she never told me what we were going to talk about. Like she didn't <laughs> tell me ahead of time um, before I agreed. And then she sent me an email and she was like, this is what we're covering. And it was all fear, everything mm. about fear. And, and then we had the talk last night and it was so interesting to speak from the experiences that I had that there was a, a four year time frame of really dealing with, fear and anxiety Mm -hmm. um, which was really rare for me because as a person who is so um, it's not even that I'm so confident and you know so strong um, I'm very logical yeah yeah (laughs) so I'm like it's 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 um it's easy for me to be like that wouldn't happen because that is illogical illogical like Mm -hmm. that's not real um, and a, a simple example would be that, you know, year, a couple of years ago, I was hit by an 18 wheeler on the freeway mm-hmm. and I was driving my car and it sideswiped me and had it hit me maybe 50, you know, 50 meters ahead, I would have dropped off onto the uh, freeway that was below me. Yeah. Wow. And so, um, 
listen it's so real that i to this day it will occasionally this is how i know that it's Mm -hmm. time for me to sit down and just breathe and relax and like lounge and just hang out because if i'm at the mall i can be walking at the mall with my daughter and we're on the third floor and i literally be like i could fall over that edge Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. (laughs) And I literally have to be like, it's not that I, it's not, um, I'm going to fall over the edge. It's a could. Right. could happen. Right. And I literally have to be like, girl, stop. (laughs) Because you're right here and nothing's happening to you. Exactly. Girl, stop. And then I just, and then it goes away. And it's, it's very occasional. It doesn't, it's not something that happens often, but Mm. I know what it is tied to. And it's that residue from, that experience. And I had a whole concussion and just, there's a lot of stuff that happened with, you know, obviously being hit by an 18 wheeler, Mm -hmm. um, but fear is absolutely an illusion to me. Yeah. Uh huh. It is. It's funny because there goes the could and the (laughs) would and the what if, Oh my God. And you know, what I enjoy about, uh, going through my life experiences is, uh, actually finally connecting with a partner that, really yanked me out of all of those those what if what if could have you know it was like what if what if what you know and you're like (laughs) well what if well is is did it happen no so why are we talking about it and so you're like wow you know you you'll realize how you like you manifest your your life bro (laughs) like you manifest your life at every second of your day even to the point where when you're locked in, I, I just posted on um, IG this girl, and I've said this before too, but this girl was talking about the black mirror, your your, which is the television, right? Mm. That that you can see your reflection through there, and when you're tuning in to the black mirror, you're channeling programs to put into your subconscious. <laughs> Listen. I can't believe you just said that because I talked to my son Tino the other day and he Mm -hmm. literally was like, um, he's like, everything's good. You know, I cover, he just moved into his apartment um, Mm -hmm. his second year at college. Yeah, baby, (laughs) go ahead. Listen, he said, everything's good. I cover my um, TV. Mm -hmm. I said, what? He said, no, I don't do none of that Black Mirror stuff. (laughs) Said, you you just like your auntie, uh, Maya. Just like her. Listen, you know, I've been reading the um I've been reading this book on uh Hermetica and it talks about I mean literally this is why I love learning about the root of things because it's like you get so pulled into what they create as a future but you're always here right now. Like there's really no such thing as an ancient anything when you really do the research and start studying the history of what's really going on and what's really there. And it, it talks to you about mirrors and mm-hmm. understanding the positive and the negative aspects. And this isn't good or bad. This is just where you're at. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that'll bring me right into uh, the law of polarity, right? Because everything is dual. So you can't look at one, one thing, one aspect of something 
and not consider the other. You know, if you have a mirror in your house, you're all caught up in your looks and you're judging your body and you're like, oh, I'm so ugly or I don't like this or I wish I had these hips or, oh, I'm getting, you know, you, you start aging and you're judging how you look. I met a lady in um, in um, Belize in Kikarker. We call her mama. And uh, when I met her, the first thing she said to me was, are you in the matrix or are you observing it? And I said, ooh, I love you already. And she's actually from Philadelphia and she moved off the grid, 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 okay? Mm. So she off the grid, grid, grid. I said, I don't know if I want to be on a small island, but, you know, to each his own. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that she said was, I don't have a mirror. I don't look in the mirror. I don't wear it. And her, her, she had long, beautiful dreads. You know, she, you know, just was a natural woman. And I thought to myself at that time, I remember thinking, oh, I need a mirror because I don't want to just, you know, be out here looking crazy. But then I remember I did a one week sabbatical with um, with, with Scott, which you know about. Mm-hmm. We went to the Galleria one day, Davina, the Galleria in Houston. And, you know, <laughs> you you know, you can't just go around there looking any kind of, I mean, you just don't go in. You don't go there looking any kind of way. Uh, but I was, I was looking any kind of way. I didn't have, I mean, I, my hair was like, who did it and why it didn't even matter. I'm with my good friend, Scott walking around. He got holes in his shirt, you know, short shorts. So you know how Scott do it, it don't bother him none. <laughs> and I remember spirit was showing me how to come out of my body, how to bring my thoughts out of this, uh, constant judgment of how I look it didn't even matter anymore it was like be in the joy of just walking around and breathing and 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 you're and not being in this body right now so I was walking and I'm you know feeling good that day Davina which is crazy (laughs) that day we go up to uh the 11th floor I didn't even know that any of this existed in the mall, but there's like this, um, this room on the 11th floor in the Galleria where you could go and pay your property taxes. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes up there. I think he was like, I, you know, I was behind, you know, a couple of months and he's like, um, I've been, you know, me and, and Carmen, my wife have been meaning to pay it. So I'm like, okay, so we go up there. Tell me why I'm in there just feeling so good, heart open, relaxed. And the lady that worked at the front desk was so intense because she's used to dealing with angry people, right? They don't want to pay their property taxes. They don't want to give away money. You know, the lawyers, the attorneys are always on her case. And so first thing she does is assume that Scott is, you know, in that same state of mind. She's like, oh, I'm sure you hate to give this up. He said, actually, I want to change that. And I want to tell you, I'm not upset about doing any of this. I'm very happy to give you this check. And if there's anything else I need to do, please let me know. So I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever heard anybody (laughs) talk like that about paying taxes. So not even five minutes. And I see my old manager that when I tell you, this is my first property manager that I worked for. She was from New Orleans. Her name was Tracy. And she was very hard on me because she was like, you talk like a robot. You're always two minutes late. You know, like she was like, if you're late again, I'm going to let you go. And then when she was letting me go, she was telling me 
that I'm not saying you can't work for a property. You're just not going to work for this a property. And it broke it. Like, I was like, what the heck? Like, who is this woman? She is mean. She's this, you know, I created all these stories about her, which I always found that teachers like that are the best teachers for you. You know what I mean? Because they see Mm -hmm. something in you and they want to yank it out. Whether it's you being lazy, you're not being productive. You think too much, you know, you don't see the potential in yourself. And I'm going to pull that up out of you. So when I saw this woman, it was nothing but love. We hugged each other. She was talking about how proud she was of me. And I hadn't seen the woman in like maybe five years. Yeah, about five or six years. So when I saw her that day, it was just all love. And it was just all joy. And and, and it it was like spirit was showing me. Like everything is in place for a reason. And when you come out of yourself, when you come out of this identity of, you know, titles and who you think you are and being caught up in all these uh, abstract uh, pronouns and ways of being, you really shine through in a way that is not attached to anything, you know? Mm-hmm. It's hard for people to... Uh, move in that direction because we want to control and we want to um, we want to control the image that we think we're portraying and the problem with that is that people are seeing each of us we're all seeing each other through our own lens Mm -hmm. and you can never see from my lens and I can never see from Mm -mm. your lens and I learned that at a very early age so I don't, for a long time, um, I didn't buy into, I didn't understand, I'll just say that. I didn't understand how people could think less of themselves or were so caught up in the way that they looked. And mm. I mean, this this was something very real in my family. Um, I'm the baby of the family and I have two sisters that are close to me. Mm-hmm. And it was like my mom would pit them against each other um, for whatever reasons. And I think both of them are beautiful, so... In yeah. my mind, I was like, what's wrong with y'all? Y'all all look alike <laughs> in, in, in so many ways. It's funny. <laughs> and all honesty, though, it was like they couldn't see their own beauty because they were um, trying to, you know, they were seeing it through either, you know, yeah. whatever my mother was saying or what they were saying about each other. They were taking on those words. And so I think that for me, when it comes to like... <laughs> coming out of yourself like there are so many times so many times when I walk around and I have I will get dressed in the dark mm-hmm. I will not I will brush my teeth in the morning walk out of that bathroom and not even look in that mirror and don't mm-hmm. even know what I look like that day <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> me too been that way a long time it's it's rough out here <laughs> it, you know it took a minute I feel like I um I was going through a lot of identity crisis working in, in the, in the property management industry because there's so much politics involved. Like once I got into one of the top uh, fortune 500 companies um, in the nation, which was gray star, it was about appearance. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I'm the kind of person I knew that, I wanted to be natural and comfortable with myself. I, I never wore a lot of makeup as it was. Um, and when I 
decided to go natural uh, back in 2011, you know, that was something that was contradictory because, again, the first property I worked for, even though she was a melanated woman, she was always very stern about your hair. Your hair needs to be straight and you need to either have braids or you need to have weave in it. And it needs to be neat. And uh-huh. And I was like, uh, and so that's where the rebellion was actually. I wasn't lazy. I just didn't like someone telling me what to do. And I mean, I'm I'm that's just my nature, you know. It's like, man, I should be able to be myself, you know, and at least my hair is gonna always be neat, but I don't always have to wear weave, you know? And so that battle of appearance was something that showed up not only in the work environment, but in my personal life. And I realized right then and there that however I had my hair is the type of people I attracted. So weave in itself is already crazy when you go and shop for a wig, they got names on them, right? So you don't, <laughs> you don't realize you turn it into Keisha, Lisa, and Tara, you know, until you put it on and you think, oh, this is nothing. But you actually take on a personality and a character when you do that. And, you know, somebody can go, well, what's wrong with channeling? Or what's wrong with, you know, any of that? Well, it just takes away from your authenticity of who you are, you know, because now you're putting on a face, you're putting on a hat. And I mean, those things could be fun if you're doing it consciously and for a specific reason. But a lot of us, you look around like a lot of people are not developed mentally, especially not in today's world, to be consciously aware of themselves and do something with an intention behind it it's more so just trying to keep up with what's going on what's here right you know what what who what somebody else is doing and how they look you know yeah it's uh really really unfortunate when I look up I'm really saddened by mm-hmm. like say little Kim and yeah the way that this woman has morphed her body to please other people and then yeah. still not feeling it's not satisfied enough. Yeah. And who and how many other women are like that? Majority of them. That's tough. It's really hard for me because I'm I am so anti that and I do wear weave. What I yeah. have noticed for myself is that um I'm lazy. So I don't <laughs> right. like to do my hair. Mm-hmm. And and I also like change. Yeah. So I like to do different things with my hair and not because I think that it makes me look a particular way. It's almost like sit down somewhere, girl, just keep one <laughs> hairstyle and leave it alone. Um, but I do remember there was a time where, cause you know, you used to do my hair, girl, you used to do my hair all the time. <laughs> right. But there was a time when you left me and you moved and then I had to go to somebody else to do my hair. And, <laughs> and I was like, who did your hair? But it felt like it was so big. The hair, it was like um, goddess lock twist or something like that. And Mm -hmm. it was like, when I thought about it, and even when I looked back, I was like, it was just overshadowing me. It was like Mm -hmm. covering my face a bit. And it just, it was like, that's not who I am. I don't like that. It was bringing more attention to your hair than than your face. Yeah, it was it was just too big. And then I did go through that same year. I went through a period of wearing the fake eyelashes. Never again. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Uh-uh. I burnt those opening up an oven. So 
that's probably not for me either. <laughs> it, it's, it's so funny. I remember I, and, and here's the thing that, man, this is how I know, like, I came here with the mindset of not getting too involved in the world. You know what I mean? And, and you know, being in the world, but not of it, because I remember looking back at my, my pictures for my, I think it was my 29th birthday. Mm-hmm. And I had my my uh, twist in. I had like red and a little bit of you know purple and and you know black in there. And um, I got my eyelashes done for my birthday and went to what was I in San Antonio. And when I look back at those pictures, you know it's like wow, you were glowing. But then when you really look at it, it was my eyelashes that was <laughs> you know popping. And I was looking like, you know, goddess of the sea. And, you know, that's all fun and everything. But do I look like that always? Or do I look like, you know what I mean? Like, no, I, I don't look like that. Um, I can even remember when I was working uh, with a friend of mine who had a magazine company and uh, love her to death. She's she's she taught me a lot um, about business and just how the industry is. And um, I had gotten my makeup done by my cousin. Uh, she, her company is like Dollface, and she does like weddings now, but she takes her time and it was like 45 minutes of working on this face girl. <laughs> and when she was done, I went to the restroom. I was at the ISIS, uh, what was it? The ISIS club in, in Houston, downtown. <laughs> <laughs> we swear there was a ghost in the ladies' restroom because we kept hearing noises and the rooftop kept like slamming and we mm. were freaking out. And we walked, I walked in there and I looked in the mirror because everybody was like, wow, you look gorgeous. I felt like a damn clown. Like I was yep. freaked out mm-hmm. because I was like, ooh, this is a lot. And I, I didn't know how to hold my face. You know, <laughs> it was, it was like, you know, if you go to the roots meaning of a lot of these things it was all about channeling channeling a spirit channeling a a entity and I don't consider it bad I just know what it does to you in the later in the later on times and what type of people you attract is not really the people you genuinely want to be around you so I see a lot of girls who get their bodies done these days and you know they all look alike with their makeups now And if they do get their face done, they're getting their face done like somebody else. So I can't tell who's what anymore, but it makes a lot of sense with little Kim, uh, how many licks video was showing all those Barbie bodies was letting you know how a lot of these women out here are all going to be looking the same. And they do. (laughs) And they do. And they don't have a self, a sense of self identity, you know? So it's hard, you know, to really watch especially the downfall of it all, because, you know, they're really holding on there, you know, mm-hmm. to keep that image going. And the people that is around them, you know, they're not real genuine friends. I mean, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure if you lose a boob or a butt and, you know, you know, you got it, you don't have the money to get it done. If you can, now, if you got a real friend that's going to front you the money to get it done, I say stick with it. But <laughs> that's, that's expensive, you know, and, and it's, it's taxing after a while. Like when you want to, when you become a grandmother, when you get older, you know, and your body is starting to kind of want to relax. And now it's just you having to look over your whole life and what you've done and what you've accomplished. 
and your body is wanting to retire from all of the hard, you know, work that you've done to keep it up. It's like, what now? You know, what, at the end of all of this, all you're going to have is your mind. All you're going to have is. Or not. (laughs) (laughs) That's listen. Hmm. That's the one thing for real. That's the one thing that even in the times of like struggle that I remember just going, Ooh, I'm so grateful. I still have my mind. Cause it's so easy to, you can lose it. You yeah. can really lose. Like I've related so much to somebody in a sailor asylum that I don't even judge it because at this point I'm like, I could, I could have went insane at that time. Right. I could have mm-hmm. lost it. I could have just let myself sit in that and be stuck, you mm-hmm. know, and then there comes compassion because the difference between me and the person that's, you know, stuck in that reality is I know how to loop myself right out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, the problem is, is that when you are like plugged into the matrix, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't know that you're in the matrix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You just keep doing the thing. And I think for myself where I feel most fulfilled is in doing identity work, which is a little interesting because at the same time, I want you to know who you are. I also don't want you to get caught up in who you think you are. Exactly. So it's, it's a delicate balance of, Hey, wake up. That's not who you are. And then who you think you are, isn't really (laughs) who you are. Right. I didn't, I never liked taking on hats either. I never liked being in a category like to, I even identifying myself knowing, okay, what a more is a cop of color. Okay. Knowing that I feel like that right there in itself, being that I I've just been always been like, I don't identify with anything. I'm formless uh, mindset that, having that became uh or that realization became a great suffering for me as well (laughs) (laughs) because of all of the the loaded information that came along with it and then watching the pride behind it like our like at the end of the day our people really take something and they know they want to own everything and the Mm -hmm. truth is it's like we don't own it. We may have yep. started it. We may have created it, but it came from what? The mind. It came from spirit first. Mm-hmm. We don't get to own that because when we leave this body, we leave this, we leave this body. We leave this realm and we go and ascend to where we belong, where we come from. So it's like, I didn't, I, I got to a point where I was like destroying all of it destroying all of the words and the statutes and the limitations and the, you know, yeah. which is why divine mother gave me that name. Oh my It's, it's, it's bringing the illusion back into one, bringing it back into what, what's, what it really is. So you could see through that point through that point in your mind where you're focused and you know who you are, you know where you come from, you know why you're here. All that other stuff is just a, a actors on a stage. It's just a show. Yeah. I mean, and that's also why I love, um, you know, I shared in my blog post the other day about 
all of these titles, all these typologies, you know, whatever it is, Enneagram, human design, your mm-hmm. astrological placements, all of that. Yeah. Um, I like to, I'm a researcher. I like to know these things. And I know that that is an entry point for me to connect with people because oftentimes when I show up as myself fully, mm-hmm. it is way too much for people to digest. Yeah. It is way too much yeah. um, because societally people are conditioned to not uh, know who they are, to feel unworthy, to feel unvalued. And it is very rare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, very rare that I walk around feeling any of those things and for a prolonged, not even, you know, for a prolonged <laughs> period of time. I'm like, uh-uh, stop that. Because I believe God at his word. I'm like, I'm not out here listening to what what other humans call me or what other humans think of me none of that matters no yeah i'm like "Mm -mm." and that's that's see that's the law of rhythm that we're going into now which is everything flowing in and out right everything has its tides so the pendulum swings and manifests in everything so if you and you've experienced this for a reason. You went through a phase in your life where you've had this, you've watched how identity was a thing growing up. Okay. Your mom, you see your, your mom and how your sisters kind of go into this back and forth thing. And then you check yourself. Am I supposed to be like that? <laughs> no, uh-uh, I'm me. I'm, I'm, this is who I am. And then, you know, going, even going into the environment of the yoga community, even in the environments of innocence, I'll call it in the yoga Mm -hmm. community or even in church you go into these spaces and it's like for me personally I genuinely was up there praise and worshiping you know I mean Mm -hmm. I grew up my father is a pastor so I grew up you know worshiping praying and you know all that in, in in its language and I remember seeing that how everyone else wasn't doing that genuinely it was it was an act and mm-hmm. so one day I walked around the church and I asked I asked a couple of women why did they go to church and all of them said because their mothers went to church or their mothers made them mm-hmm. it was nothing intimate and personal about it and that turned me off and then going into even the the you know yoga community and wanting more peace and quiet and, and learning how to uh you know bring the spirit and the physical and the mind together and yoking it together. You know, I remember a lot of people doing it to tone up or to look good. Um, A lot of them, you know, doing it just to be a part of something like it it, it was never an intimate personal (laughs) thing. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) When I think about it, it's so funny. I came to yoga to get away from people. <laughs> and and then there I go, being nosy, staying too long. Well, we talked about that being nosy. <laughs> becoming a leader. That's not what I was there for. And if honestly, if I had, if if I really am honest, I experienced spirit on my mat within mm. the first year of me practicing. Mm-hmm. And I literally could have taken up my mat then and never, never went on. However, yeah. I would not have met you. So, <laughs> oh, and I love I, people don't know this. I love how we met because Davina it was a school teacher 
And I'm real, it's funny because I've played with working with students before, but I never went to college because I ended up having my own children and was like, I'll teach them. I'm not teaching other people's <laughs> children. But, um, and then look, here we are now teaching other people. But um, we met, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Um, so we were, <laughs> she had a, she had like a couple of girls standing around her, you know, uh, because she she attracts a lot of people to her just off of her her mother nurturing energy, and um, I think I was talking about something and I said, <laughs> "Balai, I want to go to Balai," and she was like, "You mean Bali?" <laughs> and I was like, "Same difference." And I just kept talking, and she was like, "Oh, not the same, but okay." <laughs> What a special moment! We'll never I don't even that. think I don't even think you I don't even think you heard like that. But I don't know if you ever heard the first time like, oh, same difference. Like it was just kind of <laughs> like, and most people would be so ashamed to be like, oh my god, you're right. I'm sorry. I'd be like, what? Else? I used to I used to create words just out of nothing, and I used to love abstract at one point in my life because I love art. I love abstract art. Yet what I realized is that I attracted a lot of abstract mindsets in myself and in my partner. And it was a distorted relationship that I was in just off of not really caring about what I'm saying and how it's landing on other people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And not that I was walking around offending a lot of people yet, you know, it was, you know, I noticed that people already have a short attention span, so they're only going to capture as much as they can from you when you're talking anyway. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I met you and and that, you know, showed up, I remember, you know, just thinking, well, dang, you might want to be a little <laughs> careful about how you say things, because which one is it? You can't just be going around talking about Belay, okay, because that sounds <laughs> almost like, oh, I liked it, it did. And that's mm-hmm. not okay. <laughs> you know what's funny? Huh. I think I, I maybe I even told you this, but normally when somebody would do would you know say something like that, mm-hmm. um, I would correct and then I would excuse myself, like <laughs> <laughs> because we're done, we're done here. I don't even want to know what the next word's coming out. <laughs> right, we're done. But for whatever reason, I was like, okay. Whenever you, you said whatever, whatever. And I was like, okay. And we were inseparable <laughs> after that, by the way. Yeah. You know, I, I remember when we did teacher training and I was just, I felt a sense of uh, peace and safety that you were going to be in that room that day, even though it was like, what, like 52 people mm-hmm. um, in that room. And it was maybe only three of us melanated women in that room. Mm. And it wasn't even about color. It was this spiritual connection that I trusted. And I wanted to, I wanted to be in that room and I wanted to learn something about myself. Um, Spirit said, I want you to get quiet and I want you to listen. And when it's time for you to participate, I will tell you. And usually I want to participate and I want to be a part of it. But it was like when it came to 
we needed to express something that we never expressed to anyone mm-hmm. that humbled me because it was like, Ooh, what you going to tell? You better tell something real, real seriously deep because <laughs> that's going to pull whatever you're holding on to and trying to hide from right out. And I'm all about going in and expressing the uncomfortable when you can practice being uncomfortable there's a sense of peace and comfort in that. And that's what I felt like yoga was teaching me in my, in my practice in a position where I'm uncomfortable. It's like, what would you do? What would you do if you got captured? Right. And you were being hung upside down, you know, are you going to die hanging upside down suffering or are you going to go into your breath and learn how to sustain your life while you're hanging upside down? Yeah. And this, this plays in everything in my life now. You see what I'm saying? Where now I don't even really go into what ifs and fathom about the horrors of anything because that doesn't exist in this realm for me. Like this, ever since 2020 was like, remember you and I were talking about it. This is our time now, sister. Mm-hmm. This, is the, this is the time of, a, of the Holy Spirit, the Divine Mother, the Divine Father. This is the time that we reign and we win. And we can recreate how we want things to look. And yeah, it's stagnant and it's slow because of the fact that things are resetting. It's destroying and demolishing all the, 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 the systems of corruption. And what's unfortunate, but yet fortunate, is I'm seeing a lot of uh, our people still trying to hold on to this culture that is no longer there. Mm. It's, it no longer exists. It, it's an illusion. And it's a great illusion because all you see it is on television. They had a, a video of uh, Kendrick Lamar performing and he like disappeared on stage, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yes, because he squatted down and the lights did a thing. And I'm like, you do know that there's a thing called hologram. <laughs> and it looks very real. So I'm not saying that the dude ain't real, but I'm just saying that a lot of these people from what I know and I've researched and I've studied, a lot of those people are not where you think they are. And so it's time to come out of being programmed by the black mirrors and Mm -hmm. tap into the darkness of within when you close your eyes and you're, you're getting the opportunity to see yourself in nothingness and recreate from that space. Because ain't nothing more pleasant than feeling empty after doing some breathing practices and feeling so relaxed and so calm and connected to everything. And you're present. You're here. You're here right now. And you're speaking in right here now time. So that brings me to the cause and effects of things. Now. This is where people tend to think that everything is happening by chance, right? (laughs) Um, You know, no one, no, it's like, wow, I can't believe this. And it's crazy when you're so in tune with every detail of your day and you see how you can manifest something off of a thought that you had in the morning. If you, if you really pressured yourself into it, right? Mm-hmm. If you really dwelled on it long enough, you know, it's almost like the it's almost like when the opposite sex doesn't call you back or something. And you're like, what did I say? What did I do? Was it this? Was it that? And you're dwelling so hard on it 
you know, you're like, oh, did I say this? So your whole day is stuck on this person. Missing out on all of the the wonderful things you could have done with that day. But you're so clogged in your in your mind that now. Here you are depressed, right? And in that that mindset of depression, now things aren't going your way that day and you're snapping on people. So now you're creating pain in the body. You know, you got shoulder pains or your, your back is hurting. These little details that you don't realize you're causing and it's affecting you. <laughs> like this whole show has been about you the whole time and you're the director. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing is just randomly popping off um you're actually causing it off of how you vibrate how you set your days up like I I know now in my life the older I become it's important for me to set out time in the mornings for myself and no I'm not in my you know a lot of people that, that right now, which is good, but it's also, it becomes a, a thing of like too much of anything, right? Where people are like, I'm, I'm self-love and I'm <laughs> selfish right now, you know, and don't call me cause I'm busy and I'm not talking to you, you know, whatever is going on with that. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, is that's why I say it's nothing wrong with it because you, you know, you go from one extreme to a next to bring it back to what works for, for you and for someone else. So um, even the word boundaries for me, I've come to realize through uh, a lot of my practices is like boundaries are an illusion. It's but, real though. People yeah. definitely are like, it's, they're like, did you read the book Boundaries? And I'm like, no, but I what? know what boundaries are. <laughs> Wait, there's, there's a, a book. Whole, there's a book. <laughs> I was like, I'm not reading it either. I know how to manage my energy and I know how to, you know, step away when I need to step away. I know how to entertain when I need to entertain. Um, What's happening now, though, in the world is that, especially after the pandemic, it's like people are um, awakening. They were awakened to this fact that, like, a lot Mm -hmm. of this is a lie Mm. and they're not happy. And there are things that they have allowed. people to get away with in their personal mm-hmm. relationships and their work relationships Come on. and now they want to stand up for themselves and they want to retaliate and they want to and then they become it's what is it when the victim becomes the villain right like yeah they, now they take that on and it's so funny because um, my experience of leaving the yoga industry was very much like Rah, I'm standing up for myself and I'm I'm done with this and I publicly shared that. And what was real funny is that not even two, three months later, I start seeing people have these same eruptions of feelings and emotions. It was, you know, publicly like Simone Biles and her mental health, you know, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. she wanted to say she was experiencing. Then you got the Will Smith thing. But people who were judging me and condemning me, because judgment is real, but yeah. people who were also condemning me we're then starting to have these real life situations happen in their life. And now you get to see it. You get to look at yourself in the mirror and you get to see a little bit of Davina. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you don't, you can't relate and you don't know until it happens to you. 
like, and this is where I have to allow people to go through their experiences because I always want to like save somebody, you know, all right, Mm -hmm. watch it, blah, 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 blah. But, um, and, and even in that, I feel like that's necessary yet allow them to continue on if they choose to take another path, because I know I was, you know, a knucklehead. And at one point in my life, I didn't listen to myself. Mm-hmm. So I would just do things and knowing that that wasn't healthy. I find that, yeah, the what's happening is people are now, it's like the, I can't explain it. I'm gonna try to ex- articulate this right, but a lot of what happened with this pandemic has caused people to become very introverted. But it's not in the sense of a a real, like, alone spiritual time with themselves and getting to know the beauty of who they are. Not truly. It's almost like a sense of fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And this isn't everyone. But from what I've been seeing a lot, a lot of times, and, you know, you can buy the crystals, you can buy the plants, you can buy you know, the oils and all that stuff that makes you feel good. But eventually that's not it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. Like I'll go and take a nice Epsom salt bath. And at this point, I don't need to have crystals around my, my tub. I don't need the candles. Uh, I just need a good book and some music and I'm chilling. And, and, and it's even to where, you know, the, uh, the 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 intentions and all that that people do to calm themselves and to you know feel like they're doing a cleansing and stuff like that that's all good but those things are temporary things to bring you to the the confidence in the spirit of knowing that you are already that <laughs> mm-hmm. you're not dirty you don't need to be cleansed you just need to change your mindset of how you see it how you see things in your life and if you're surrounded in an environment with people who are not on the same vibration as you, then there, there's a sense of, of conflict there. Yet I've been in an environment, lived in the environment. I don't even know. I look back to this day. Like, I don't even know how you made it through that, but (laughs) been, been in a house where, you know, everybody has a different way of seeing things. And yet, what I found the power in me to be was, look, you set the tone. You keep doing the things that you're doing. Keep being genuinely pure and loving to others. You know, respect where everybody's at. Don't condemn them. Don't call them out on their shit. Let them be where they're at. Love them where they're at. As a matter of fact, find out their love language and then entertain that for them right so then you become the living sacrifice and not like a sacrificial lamb where you're suffering because I'm not suffering when I do any of that I find that God shows up in each one of these people mm-hmm. when you come out of the opinions and the and the judgment that or should I say which what was the word you use uh condemning mm-hmm. someone for where they're at right um which I'm not going to go too deep in, but it brings me to the law of gender. You know, everything is, is masculine and feminine, right? And we know that because being a single mom, 
when I was a single mother, I felt like I had to play the masculine role. I, yes, I'm a mother, but I had to be a little more direct so that I wasn't raising, you know, sensitive uh, people who didn't know how to deal with their emotions in a way where they're taking care of themselves and the people around them. And then when it came to working, I had to work, work, work. And my mom, I used to make jokes like, all right, mama, you the, you the wife. I'm, I'm guess I'm the daddy. You watch the children while I go to work, you know? And, <laughs> and she was such a great support at that time for me. But I realized that I was lacking the softness. So I was always in survival mode, which is where most women are today. Well, and then just think about it. Okay, if we're saying that's where most women are. Well, what about men? <laughs> mm. Let me tell you. Hold up. Let me tell you this real quick. I was just talking to Amori about this. I said, men wonder why women are where they're at right now. But I can speak from my own experience of when I met my ex-husband. Uh, at the time, I was 18 years old. And I met him in the church, you know, and I remember when he would get upset and I would just sit there and kind of just let him have his moment. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't play the co-host. And so he was like, I don't understand why you don't, you know, like get upset or like say something back to me. Like, like, how am I supposed to know how you feel if you're not saying anything back to me? So I, I can vaguely remember myself going from being very sensitive and responding from from a space of you know love mm -hmm. to straight out war mm -hmm. just to protect my emotions to protect myself because anytime that I showed any sign of emotions that gave him the opportunity to blow up and then when I was switched from being emotional and crying to angry and raging then it was funny and mm -hmm. so this isn't just my experience. This is a lot of women's experience that I'm seeing today where the roles have changed because they've practiced being aggressive and getting at that level of protecting themselves so they don't come off looking weak. So the feminine aspect of, 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 of the feminine aspect period is this visual visualization of weakness. You know what I mean? Oh, this one's a tough one for me. I'm I know. Because like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I feel like I had to stand up for myself mm -hmm. from a very early age. So that masculine energy um, was there. My dad was in the military. So mm -hmm. there was, you know, that sternness was present. Mm -hmm. Uh, my mom was a single parent, so she also had a level of um, sternness. So mm -hmm. it was like, I don't know. I don't remember feeling unsafe. Um, mm. However, I absolutely had to have um, put on some form of armor to, mm -hmm. to make it through my household. Because on top of <laughs> both of my parents being, you know, kind of stern in that way, um, my sisters were also pitted against each other and and me to a certain degree. Um, and then it was like, maybe when I was seven, when I really started to understand um, 
my dad more I was like man this guy loves me Mm. (laughs) Um, this is what love is like okay like I knew that he was stern but I was not afraid of him it was more of um, a respect yeah and because he showed his love and affection for me and wanted to teach me things we went fishing we went hunting like you know he, he wanted me to to you know be with him I didn't yeah. feel that rejection that my sisters felt um from our like our our father this is my stepfather that I'm speaking of yeah and so I think um for me you know being a single mother I obviously understand yes I've stepped into that masculine role um yeah. plenty of times and probably the majority of my time as a mother yeah and that imbalance has has definitely affected me on a hormonal level so much so that now as I'm becoming mm. more aware of my hormones and um, really connect, I don't like to say I'm connecting with my feminines. I don't like. I was going to say womb. I was literally going to yeah. say your womb, but yeah, yeah like, <laughs> I, I don't like the the feminine, masculine. Like, oh, it's like this and that energy. I'm like, whatever. Um, but now that I'm connecting more with, with my body mm-hmm. um, and the way that my hormones affect the way that I feel mm-hmm. um, all throughout the day, I, I have more awareness of when I'm um, tapping into that aggressive energy or that masculine energy. And I have a choice to um, lean into it yeah. or not. And honey, I'm my sister, it's so funny because my sister lives with me and she I like to say she co-parents my daughter with me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because right. it's so funny. She's like, I know she's like, Davina, if you don't tell her off, if you don't t- if you don't go off on her, right? right? Like she's seeing this and I'm, you know, step I'm stepping back Picking and I'm and choosing in. your battles. <laughs> yeah. And so um it's just funny for her to see me in that way and then she'll step in and play that masculine role, which I appreciate mm-hmm. because now my daughter gets to see and feel me in both capacities. She knows when we get to that point where I'm about to go off on you, she knows when that when I'm arriving at that place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it don't even have to go there at this point because it's like we have this understanding. Yeah. That's your limit, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I want to go back to something. I feel like we, the, it's funny, you get turned off with certain words because it's so oversaturated, right? <laughs> you know, especially the word feminine. And I remember when I was doing my self-reflecting, self-love in myself, just, you know, listening to nothing but love music and visualizing myself being love you know a loving woman a joyful woman a peaceful woman you know and I wasn't thinking about no husband or nothing I was just this is who I am this is what I you know how I'm I'm reflecting I'm going from one extreme of being hard and you know non-attached you know uh you know just non-emotional about certain things and these words feminine and masculine they're literally positive and negative poles of 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 the self so mm-hmm. it's not it's not even a, a a man or woman thing I think that's where we have to come out of the duality uh, of things period choosing and whatever that looks like I, I I always say to my daughter daddies have feelings too yes 
And what what showed up for me in my practice before I met my beautiful, beloved, who you would call a twin flame. And I like to throw that word out because so many people fantasize about having a twin flame. And <laughs> and it's uh, you get ready because you, you got some stuff in the way. You're going to be scared and running. OK, um, but I didn't I didn't go through all that because we were already doing the personal work. We knew who we were. Um, I had had a personal conversation with my father, my biological father, um, who I didn't really grow up seeing as much. And uh, we, you know, my mom separated from him when I was seven. So uh, she was a single mother for, I'm sorry, no, I was actually five. And she was probably a single mother for like two years before she met my stepfather. It was two different, two different households, a way of being bought up. Mm -hmm. And, um, my father was, you know, a man of worship, a man of, you know, God. And my stepfather was as well, but he did it in private. You know, he would read his Bible. We would pray every day. Like, I didn't know he would do that. My mom actually told me that. And um, as I got older, you know, I had a lot of stories behind my stepdad and my father and didn't even know they were there until teacher training, as you, you know, personally. Which led me to the relationship that I ended up in with my children's father, right? So when I actually sat and had a conversation with my real father, he shared something with me, Davina. And it really, it really made me humble myself in how I saw him because he had still had this emotional attachment to my mother, And was like, I told myself, you know, it was it was a story that he had created that I only talk to him when I need something. And in my mind, out of bitterness, I'm saying, well, you weren't there. So if I call you and I need you, I need you to come through, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm handling him like I handle a dude out the street. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that's out of that that block of, of my womb, of my belly, you know, being clogged up with all this food that I'm eating that's not healthy and not really tapping into my intuition of like, that's not serving you anymore. That's not working for you. This isn't safe. This isn't healthy for us, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I remember when he said to me, he said, I told myself a long time ago that I wasn't going to go running behind any woman anymore. And I'm like, but we're your daughters. We're not just any woman. (laughs) And he was like, you don't understand what I went through, blah, 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 blah. And we start talking and I sit back and actually look at him and I go, he's still 17 years old. Mm -hmm. Like he are, and you know, he's still going through a story that happened to him before he met my mom and after he got with my mom. Mm -hmm. And that's still there. And this is why his life isn't showing up productive. And then how was that going to affect me? You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm a part of that. You know, like we continue the legacy of our parents. We, whether we think so or not, we, we, we take what they've experienced and we say, I'm not putting myself through that or I'm putting myself through that. And when I talked to my stepfather who bought, who was brought up in the country You know, he went through a lot of things as a child. So in his upbringing, his father was very stern. He had a mother that was, you know, she was a a strong woman, but she was young. They they married when they were in their, what, 16 years old. Mm 
So she had nine children. You get what I'm saying? It's a mm-hmm. different generation, a different upbringing. So you would think he was a military man, but he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and growing up with him, I created this story that he didn't love me and that he was, um, you know, that like he didn't want me around. You know, like I was in the way. He was only, you know, he only cared about me because of my mother. But then when I had children, I saw he good he was on my children. I'm like, oh, he only likes them when you're young. When you're older, he's not going to like you. So I'm creating all these stories, not realizing how I might have landed on him with, with as a child and not knowing how to communicate in a household and all that, right? So when I finally came out of my shell and said, get out of your way. Because in order for this to heal, you have to want something out of this. And you have to you have to declare this. And then you have to do this on your own. No one's going to do it for you. No one's going to set the tone. So when I remember going to him and just giving him a hug and a kiss, I, my palms were sweaty. I was nervous. <laughs> and I was like, I just want you to know that I love you. And I want to thank you for loving my children and loving me. And I know that you're loving me the best way you know how. Because if you if I really went in deep about what this man went through, you'd be like, dang, he's still here. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, wow, what a strong individual to be able to withstand so much heartache, so much loss and grief and still be willing to say yes to a woman with two children and and want to take on the father role, regardless to what it looked like. We had greater times than anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And with that moment of saying that to my my stepfather we've had the most beautiful relationship I've, I've learned his love language so you know I know that he likes you know gifts and acts of service so spending time with him you know if he's working on the car we go out there work on the car together like I did when I was little you know I'll get him something I know that he likes nice things so little stuff like that it 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 makes a huge difference, you know? And then when I met my, I mean, I met my partner and it was just like, I was healed from all of the stories of my father and my stepdad realizing they were still in a past time traumatic experience. And it's whether, again, go ahead. That, I was going to say, it's the same in my mind. It registers the same as when the victim becomes the villain. It's a cycle. Mm. It's a, it's absolutely a cycle. And so mm-hmm. when you're in community with people, if you are always walking around holier than thou, as if you do no wrong, then Sick. you cannot, you cannot see people, nor can you fully receive them. Nope. And it's, it, it's really sad that people even think that like the way the internet works nowadays, I'm just like, how sway people <laughs> go ham, they will go full on about someone they don't even know in real yeah. life. You don't even know this person in real life and you are condemning them to hell. That whole Will Smith thing that got me, I was like, y'all out here condemning this man to hell and you do not even know him. You don't know what he's been through and no one has a mirror up looking at your life or a camcorder around the corner looking I, at what you do and what you say and do. It's it's just I people exhausting me. I lo- yeah, no, you know, I learned that when I was in church, girl, when I was, when I had a good friend of mine, it was my, the last church I was at and this guy played the organ and he, you know, I was going to a, a post, a, what do you call it? Apostle church or whatever. Apostolic? 
apostolic. It's been a minute, okay? Mm-hmm. So I remember going there and I never heard of it before. So I was like, this is interesting. And he would, you know, how he would run his sermons, it was just, it was different. You know, it, it really, you really bought into it, you know? And I remember the guy that was playing the organ, he, he had just hired this guy. So he was, and, and it was really shifting the atmosphere in a, in a way I wasn't, I wasn't ready for because it, <laughs> it, it stopped being, it stopped being this place where I could feel uh, this thickness of presence in the room that felt so good. You know, it was like, Ooh, juicy It's juicy. When I walk in here, I like this feeling. It's like the Holy spirit was just like saturated in a place to it came it became a space of greed. I need money. I need members and y'all are popular. Let's get in here, you know? And so he takes me all the way over to Cyprus. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm all the way in the South. So he takes me all the way to Cyprus in Houston to this church where there's this other guy who is also teaching uh, apostolic, you know, organization. And it's a little different, but he's like prophesying and charging people a thousand dollars. And he was what? a single, yeah, he was a single apostle. And I mean, the people in there, I, in my judgment, I'm like, these people are brainwashed. Little yeah. did I know. I, my homegirl come visit my church and she's like, this is a cult. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this ain't looking so good for a sister. And I remember, I remember sitting back and I'm like, at some point in your life, you got to find this balance because, you know, you come off being too holy, you too, you too, too, you, you know, earthly good. Mm-hmm. And then you engage in, 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 the, in the worldly pleasures, then you're going to lose yourself, your true self and what you came, your mission and why you're here. And for a while, you know, that's a battle to try to figure out and try, oh, I don't know how to organize this. But this is why I always talk about you got to get still. You got to go sit down somewhere. Mm-hmm. You got to really sit down and stop trying to catch up with what everybody else is doing. None of that matters. None of it. Ma- none of that is going to is going to. It's really not going to do much for you other than you just accumulating more identity, more personality and confusion. Like, I don't need titles to validate my life. You know what's interesting is Mm -hmm. for me towards the end of my yoga career Mm -hmm. I was creating like different you know workbooks content teacher training materials different things like that because Mm -hmm. I could it wasn't Mm -hmm. that um I could care less what the people thought like I didn't care if the trainees were like she's amazing and you know a lot of them had never had a black yoga teacher trainer before so they were enthralled with me Mm -hmm. um so for me it was never about the people it was like I had the capacity to create so Mm -hmm. then I created and I was reading up on the human design and particularly one of the channels that I that's in my you know human design chart Mm -hmm. and it is you know I'm a manifesting generator and it is like you can overdo it because Mm. because literally um, I can produce, I always say this, I'm like, I'm never short of an idea. I'm almost never short of what I could do. Okay. And so 
it took a sabbatical. It took a nine month sabbatical to sit down and say, just because I can do it doesn't mean I should do it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I've arrived. It's like, I don't have to do all the things just because I can. And it again, like I said, it has nothing to do with other people. I very rarely even pay attention to what other people are doing that are in my lane or, you know, in my industry, because um, I feel like this is real haughty of me to say this, but I feel like (laughs) (laughs) there weren't other, there weren't very many black women that were in my lane at the yoga industry. I didn't know many that were doing what I was doing. So it was kind of like, I'm setting the tone. So let's go. (laughs) Right. Right. I, and it's it was it was funny because it was the opposite for me where I was holding myself back, right? I was afraid. Mm. I didn't care about other people. I didn't want pe- other people having access to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, no, this precious soul, and I'm I, I'm I'm good where I'm at. It feels so good, but it was this. I I love and I enjoy, you know, reflecting the the wisdom and understanding on people for them to see it in themselves like Mm -hmm. healing work for me is is pleasurable because I love pulling out those blocks and knots in people you know and for them to to see that there's more to life and there's more possibility in life than just being stuck in this one space in this one thought and I remember when we talked, when you and I talked and I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm ready to do this. I don't know if I want to do this podcast. Cause I don't want people trying to demand of me to be on here every week. I'm gonna come when I want to come. I'm gonna say what I want to say. I'm gonna do what I want to do. And it's like, well, that's the whole point of the platform. And you could create it that way if you want to, right. You can, you can totally be like that if that's what you want. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't have to look a certain way. And so I could talk about the same topic thousands of other people are talking about, which you and I talked about. I was tired of talking about this this duality stuff because everybody's talking about it. It's oversaturated now. But how I talk about it is what separates me from how other people are articulating things. And everyone receives differently. You know what I mean? So... I love that. I'm excited that we got to do this and just talk about the sum of it all because I'm definitely moving on from this into something else, whatever spirit has for me. Um, And I know right now that things are shifting. People mean information is outpouring right now. Um, But it's easy to get caught up in all the information. And this is happening. And that's happening. And this is going on. That's what. It, and this is where you're like the fi- the group of fish being pulled from one direction to the next, and you're just swarming all through all this stuff. And oh, oh, this is happening. And that's happening. But what's happening in you? What's oh. happening with you right now? And this is going to be the perfect time during the fall to really get in deep and see. Okay, what is it that I'm moving into next? What's about to happen next for me? Now what's happening with everybody else because there's so much that's about to come out. It's going to blow people's mind. It's going to freak some people out. And I know a lot of people are already numb to it where they're like, I don't even care no more. But just know (laughs) 
that it does affect you because even through even the year of 2020 going through those channels of people suffering emotionally and mentally I could feel all that Mm -hmm. I don't have to be a part of it it wasn't my story but I just I remember days of feeling like damn shit's crazy you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like Damn, you know, just being like, mm. and I remember I told myself, this is, this is all a part of understanding that yes, you all are individuals, but you're connected in the Akashic and the mindset in the, in the consciousness. So don't feed into that, but just know that it's there and that a lot of people are going to need my service and yours for the work that we do because right now everybody's Gucci and they happy and some of them feel like they're winning some feel like they're losing it some feel like whatever whatever it's all going to come down to to all right what 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 am I avoiding what am I avoiding and what I need to let go of because I've been avoiding too long you know yeah Whew. every time I talk to you I sweat <laughs> just like (laughs) well that was it I'm glad that we got a chance to talk I really wanted to do this with you because you and I we talk a lot and we see things uh in in the same way in different perspectives and I love that we can come together and we don't judge each other at all you know and I feel like this is how things really should be with people people should know who they are, be comfortable with communication. If they don't agree with something, you don't have to say nothing. Or if you're going to say something, make sure that it's not coming from a personal space of like attack. You know, you deal with a lot of that. I mean, you de- you're, you're coming from a, a, a huge following of people that look to you like you was Jesus for a minute. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's a heavy like anytime I meet people that go into oh I'm a this I'm a guru I'm a that and you've never done that but it's crazy because some people want to take those titles I'm like that's a major major responsibility to have on your shoulders I wouldn't want that they don't really want it either they just don't know it (laughs) (laughs) and they don't have the following that they think they have so they're guru to one or two which is very different when you have thousands of people sucking the life out of you that part and people go why you don't want to put your face on the screen i'm like no because people live off of visualization and fantasies and they're always measuring themselves up i'm like this i'm gonna let you know who i am and where i'm at right now so i don't care if you like me or not because i'm not here to make you feel good and don't tell me what i need to do because that's not how i move right i'm gonna do what i want to do now i'll consider some things but if it if it's well do that talk about that thing you talked about that I really enjoyed that that made me feel good I'm not trying to make you feel good (laughs) you know what I mean like I don't care about your feelings see this is and this is the thing that's becoming very clear people have to come out of the emotion their emotional self the emotional self is holding them back you have to come to a space where you control that like I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, you you shouldn't be having um, 
you still shouldn't be going through dark nights of the soul. Like if you like 10 years later or even, <laughs> you know, two years, I mean, at some point, like your work is being done constantly where you're constantly perfecting the things that are coming up for you. Okay. I see this is here. Dang. This is the third time I'm seeing it. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I must be missing something here. Let me, let me stop doing that. Let me stop creating a story that someone doesn't love me or they they're telling me about myself and then I'm making it mean something wrong when it's really helping me. It's really supposed to help me. Let me identify that instead of making them, you know, or making myself a victim. You know what I mean? So -hmm. then eventually your days are controlled by your thoughts and who you and, and, and what you want for the day, not, oh, today's another down day and I'm just going to be in my sadness and I'm miserable and I'm hurting and I'm in pain and I'm suffering. No, that is, that is out of harmony and that is out of balance. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's crazy. I'm just like, it's time out for that. I mean, we're in a new way of, of seeing life. We have the opportunity to change the reality of what things once were to something new, something good, something pure, if we allow it. Hmm. And I'm gonna leave it on that note, girl, because we we have we have said all the things. <laughs> and it has been such an honor. Know that. It is always an honor talking to you. Always a pleasure. Um, you are very dear to my heart. You've always been uh, a support system for me, a sister to me, a friend. And I mean, I know that we told each other before we got here, let's remember why we came. I'm going to remind you every time. Don't worry. I got you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. And as we grow together um, and we transform together and, and higher, higher ways of seeing life. I mean, this is this is literally only we're only at the we're not even we haven't even scratched the surface. I know some great things are coming and I know that we're going to be doing some wonderful things for people. I already told spirit. I said, look, <laughs> I ain't speaking too fast or too soon, but I'm, I just know that where we at right now, this ain't it. Yep. <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if I'm be moving in a little closer mm-hmm. sooner than I think. You know what I mean? Amen. So <laughs> we'll leave it there. Yes. Well, peace and blessings, friend. It's always fun talking to you as well. I just feel like we remembered, you know what I'm saying? We <laughs> we chose to re- remember each other. And that's Absolutely. I was like, remember me when I say some off words. <laughs> it is I. I'm back. <laughs> oh. Well, I love you. And I will talk to you soon. Yes, love you too. Peace. All right. Later.